When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Today, let's talk about building lasting relationships with Jordan Green. Jordan is a licensed social worker and founder and CEO of Rumble. She's on a mission to make the world a better place by empowering people to be their healthiest selves. Jordan, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to talk with you and to share more about what I'm doing and about building happy and healthy lasting relationships. Yeah, well, I'm thrilled to have you because I feel like I, in conversations with many of my friends, we're all kind of at that, we're all at different stages in relationships, but in, in terms of romantic relationships, but I think you also talk about that relationship with yourself. So I feel like we're going to cover probably quite a bit today, but why don't we start with how you got into this field? That's a great question. So I am started doing therapy. Oh gosh, maybe five years ago. I'm trying to remember how long it's been, but I've been doing therapy for a little while and I loved doing it. I love seeing clients. I worked with individuals. I worked with couples. I worked with families and um, got to see a good broad range of people who were struggling with different types of things. And it gave me a really good foundation. I realized I loved working with couples and um, working with people on building relationships and improving their relationships. And, but I realized that I was only able to see a few people at a time doing one-to-one therapy. And I wanted to reach and help more people. I felt like I had all of this knowledge from education and years of helping people and Um, I wanted to do more. So that led me to create a therapy Instagram account in November of 2019. And I started posting educational content um, on all kinds of mental health topics. And I noticed that the relationship posts would do like four or five times better than any (laughs) other topic. People were just hungry for this content on relationships. So um, I started posting more relationship content and my account grew really quickly to about a quarter of a million followers. And I started getting dozens of messages in my DMs every week from people who are struggling with their mental health or struggling with their relationships. And they were asking for advice and for help. And um, as a therapist, I can't give free advice in my Instagram DMs, but I would encourage people to find a therapist to talk to. And I would hear so many times over and over again that people couldn't afford therapy or it wasn't accessible to them where they were in the world or for a lot of people they may even if they could see a therapist there were long waits for treatment or 
they didn't want to see a therapist because of the some something related to the stigma around mental illness. Maybe they were worried about their family finding out and um, but people were asking for content so that they could help themselves. And I realized that there was a huge demand here and um, that people were needing this type of therapeutic information um, delivered in a little bit of a different way than it has been before. So I had this vision of bringing a bunch of different therapists under one app to create content and provide education and resources on this, this information that we as therapists know because we've gone to school for this, we've done all of these trainings, but it's largely still not accessible to the public or you have to go, it's, it's fragmented. You have to search on Google or read a bunch of different books to gather this, this sort of information. So I had a vision of bringing it all under one app and making it accessible to everyone. So that's how Rumble was born. I um, started I, building Rumble and um, partnered with one of the, the largest mental health publishing companies for content. I partnered with over 30 different therapists for content. And we just launched Rumble um, at the very end of July. And so I'm really excited to finally for this to be here and to be sharing it with the world. And we have so many courses on the app. We have over 50 courses um, on relationships and mental health. We have these TikTok style videos all created by therapists with daily tips and ideas and practices. And then we have a, another section of the app that's um, focused on building a healthy relationship with yourself, where we have coping skill videos and meditations and breath work and affirmations and journaling. And um, one of the most popular features is relationship conversation questions with hundreds of questions um, by category that you and your partner or a friend can go through to just start conversations um, and to talk about there's always something new to discover, whether it's with your partner yeah. or your family member. So that's been a, it's a really fun feature that people are loving. What an amazing tool, because you're right. I think that therapy, I mean, there's, it's not accessible number one to everyone. Like I only re like in the last couple of years found it more accessible and, and started seeing a therapist, et cetera. Um, but to have all those tools, cause it's really not just the therapy part to your point, like the sound and the meditation and, and that kind of healing piece of it and healing yourself part too, is really like what the therapist starts with you on. Like, even if, if you go, if you go saying, you know, I have this broken relationship, what kind of, what, at least in my experience, what it led to was like, okay, what are your own issues? Right. So I love that, 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 that this app has that that kind of space for the focus on yourself first. So, and maybe that's a, a great place to start, right? Cause you know, we're here today to talk about like building those lasting relationships, but it does really start with you as the individual. And I know that, you know, you're a big proponent of that, that focus on yourself. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. And I think one of the first things I want to mention is that uh, I encourage everyone to see a therapist if you can. Um, but I have a lot of therapists that use the app and refer their clients um, to Rumble because these resources are available 24-7 on demand right when you need it. Um, mm. And it's great to see a therapist. It can be so, so, so helpful. And what do you do the other six and a half days a week when your therapist isn't right? There, you're no, it's a good wonder, point. What, was that, what was that communication tool or that coping skill that they told me to use when I was really <laughs> overwhelmed and stressed and anxious? Um, so, so, um, yes. So building a healthy relationship with yourself. Um, I, I think it's, that's the foundation for a healthy relationship with another person, right? Because if we're not, and not that we have to be totally happy and healthy and healed and in love with ourselves to have a healthy and happy relationship. I think that's a trap that we can get into is 
of thinking I'm not ready for a relationship because I still have childhood trauma I've worked through or because I don't totally love myself um, because a relationship can be a great place to work on healing some of the past stuff that you've experienced those past patterns and traumas it can be a great um, space in which you have the support and the love and care that you need to also learn to love yourself better but of course I'm a huge advocate for building a healthy relationship with yourself because I think that's the foundation for everything else and I think even in a relationship it's so healthy to spend time apart um, and I think a really vital part of building building and maintaining a healthy relationship is maintaining a sense of individuality um, and a a good solid relationship with yourself within a relationship. In all relationships we have, I see kind of the spectrum of independence and dependence. And in the middle is what we call interdependence. And that interdependence requires two whole people who are able to function independently, but they're also able to depend on their partner in a healthy way. But in order to do that without losing yourself, there needs to be that healthy sense of self and that um, that sense of independence as well. I love that you said, um, I think often we talk about, or at, and I don't know if this is just me and my experience, but that talk about like, you need to be independent and, and be your full self. But I love that you all said you also need to be able to be dependent. Right. So can you, I don't know if, and maybe I'm wrong, but do you feel like that ability to be dependent gets talked about as much as that focus on being independent or is that just my own personal experience and lens that I'm putting on it? Yeah. I think that in the West, we tend to have this hyper-focus on individuality and independence. And I've noticed when I've, when I've traveled the world and learned more about other cultures, that that's not always the case in other cultures, that this sense of culture and co- the community and dependence upon one another is actually celebrated and encouraged. And so I think like maintaining a healthy sense of individual identity and self-esteem, but accepting your differences is key. Um, And when we're able to depend on others, attachment is normal. It's normal to be attached, to have a healthy attachment in relationships. I think I I hear this idea that like, don't get too attached or don't be attached because you may lose them eventually and then it hurts more. But um, I think when you, when there's a healthy sense of dependence or this interdependence in a relationship, it actually allows for more closeness and intimacy in the relationship. And, um, and so I, I think when you, if, if you find yourself tending to be more independent or more avoidant in relationships, you can try to work on depending on others in small ways, like asking for support with something small, um, building trust, learning to be a little bit more vulnerable with people who are actually safe and allowing for more of that intimacy and connection. Um, while also respecting your need for space at times. And so if you find yourself having trouble depending on others, um, it can be helpful to learn to build that trust by being vulnerable and accepting support and asking for help in small ways and recognizing it's okay to depend on others. But um, in order to not lose yourself in relationship, you also have to know yourself, know your likes and your dislikes and your values and goals and and practice expressing your opinions and desires and asking for what you want and setting and maintaining healthy boundaries and having goals for yourself and working towards them and knowing your priorities and communicating them and taking time for self-care and to focus on yourself and to have your own hobbies and spending that time by yourself and taking that quality space apart. So there's definitely a balance to be found, but um, it's okay to be somewhat dependent on another person 
um, as long as you're still maintaining that sense of individuality and independence, um, you, there, there's a healthy balance to be found. I guess that's really like related then to attachment theory. Cause you mentioned like avoidant, is that, is, is that kind of what you're speaking to right now? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. there are different attachment styles and right. avoidant is one of them. And that would be more on the, the spectrum on the side of the spectrum of, um, independent where you're, there's like this hyper independence. I'm not going to depend on anyone. I um, can do it all by myself and it doesn't maybe feel safe to get too close to someone. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we have more of an anxious attachment. And that's where there's this, uh, like a, a, tends to be a lot of dependence um, on another person. And um, there can be people who have an anxious attachment tend to be labeled as needy or, um, or like more insecure in certain ways. But Oftentimes I always encourage like self-compassion, of course, because there's a reason why we have the attachment styles that we do, but anxious would be more of the dependent side of the spectrum. And then more interdependent would be more of a secure attachment style. Mm -hmm. You're jogging my memory from the book. It's attached, right? Yeah. attached. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone wants to. Yeah. He lays out attachment styles in such a such a clear way it's that's a great place to start if you want to learn about attachment style it's attached by um i think it's amir levine trying to find it i have it in my bookcase i have it it's funny i have it in my bookcase too but i can't see my bookcase from this angle but no that was yeah for someone interested in it in attachment theory it you're right it really kind of clearly lays it out um yeah yeah that's the one amir levine yeah and i found I didn't even realize I was, um, one of that, that style. I didn't even kind of bucket it, but as you bucket it in that way, you're like, oh yeah, okay. That makes a lot more sense. So for someone that's, you know, doing that, maybe not in a relationship yet, but is doing on that focus on yourself part, what kind of resources, like for me, that book was great for me, Logan Yuri's book. And we've had her on the podcast as well was wonderful. Is there certain, I think how not how not to die alone, I want to say was her. Yeah, have to I have it in my bookcase too. But is there any other resources that you would recommend? Because for me, you know, listening to podcasts, reading books, those were kind of and going to therapy. Those were kind of the things that led me on this, or at least caused me to focus on myself and my own kind of ways of working, I guess, and how I operated in relationships. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things that I would recommend is just spending time alone, spending time on your own, um, turning off technology without distractions. What, what do you do when there's nothing else? Like there's no one to talk to, there's no one else influencing you. There isn't, you know, your phone or TV or computer to turn to for distraction. What comes up (laughs) when you're alone and when you're just in that space and you give yourself time and space to, um, maybe you decide you want to take a bath or to cook a nice meal for yourself or to turn on music and dance or just lay down and feel your body and, um, get familiar with your mind when there aren't those distractions or take yourself on a date and do something fun by yourself. And I think, um, the the books and the podcast and all that is great but I think ultimately the best thing that you can do to build a relationship with yourself is just to spend time with Mm. yourself tuning in listening to yourself what do I need right now um what am I feeling I think a lot of times we 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 get so distracted and so busy in our lives that we don't slow down for even just a few minutes to check in with ourselves how's my body doing am I feeling Mm -hmm. tired am I a little bit hungry right now 
am I hot? Do I need to move my body and go for a walk? Or um, how is how am I doing mentally? Am I feeling stressed or overwhelmed? Am I feeling um, what do I need mentally right now? What do I need emotionally? What am I feeling emotionally? And just checking in with ourselves on those different, all of those different levels. And once we have that awareness, then we can give ourselves what we need. Maybe it is some more time for rest. Maybe it's more movement. Maybe we're feeling lonely and we need to find ways to connect more socially with friends, but, um, taking that time for yourself. I love that. Is yeah. A great first step. I mean, and whether you're in a relationship or not, really, like even if you're not, or even if you are right, I feel like now you're, you got me thinking after this, I want to take, take five minutes and just lie there and kind of see what, I, what, what my body's telling me I need. It's very like intuitive, right? Like, mm-hmm. what do I kind of feel? So I know I love that. And the, so that focus on yourself, let's, and now you're, let's say, you know, all, all the stars have aligned and you found a person anyway, what are those you mentioned, you know, in the past, you've done seminars, things on, on 10, 12 keys, successful, 12 keys to successful relationship, things like that. What are some of those building blocks that you can start putting in place? Let's say in your first year of a relationship, um, to get those good habits developed. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, one simple thing that you can do to build a healthy relationship. And this is something that actually the Gottman Institute has done research on with hundreds and thousands of couples. And, um, they can tell within just a few minutes of observing a couple, whether that couple will be separated or will stay together, um, within a few years. And one of the biggest indicators that they've found that predicts the success of a relationship is whether people turn couples turn towards or away from what they call bids for affection. So, or bids for connection. So, a bid for connection is um, just an attempt to get your partner's attention, and they can be verbal, like um, making a comment or asking a question or sharing an observation or how you're feeling, or they can be nonverbal, like reaching out to touch your partner, sitting next to them, or um, pointing at something or making a playful gesture. And so, the I the hidden message behind any bid for connection is I want to connect with you. Please give me your attention. And couples who they found couples who separate turn, um, who separate only turn towards each other about a third of the time. Whereas couples that actually stayed together long-term will turn towards each other about two thirds of the time, um, or like 86% of the time. So more than two. And so the idea is that how you respond to your partner and those little moments when they're reaching out for your attention and connection is super, super vital in a relationship. So one of the things that you can do at the beginning of a relationship is notice it's easier at the beginning of a relationship to turn towards your partner when they're making attention. Um, but and turning towards may look like making eye contact or responding verbally, um, giving them your full attention, but then turning away may look like just ignoring them, maybe not looking up, maybe you're looking down at your phone and your partner says something to you and um, you don't look up. Or, you know, you're at dinner and you're sitting on your phones. How often do you go to a restaurant and you look around and you see people sitting on their phones rather than being present with each other and giving each other their attention? And so I think there are little things that we can do in the beginning of a relationship to start to build these healthy habits of Um, being present with one another and connecting and taking time to get curious about um, what's going on in your partner's world. And um, 
and just making an effort to turn towards them. And then there are, there are a lot of other little things that you can do in a relationship that are really fun, like creating, um, I always encourage creating daily rituals of connection. So starting to build those habits at the beginning of a relationship that help you to stay connected over time, because in the beginning, it's really easy to connect in those small moments, but over time in a relationship, I found that you have to be more intentional about it. So it's the small things. It's not that you have to do anything big or grand, um, but paying attention to those little moments that really do add up over time. And um, so an example of a small ritual of connection that you could create in your relationship is um, is paying attention to how you greet one another after time apart or how you say goodbye when one of one or both of you leaves for some time. And that really sets the tone between you. And when you do it right, it becomes something that you both subconsciously end up looking, uh, looking forward to each time you leave, each time you come together. And that really, these little moments help to build intimacy and that emotional security and relationships. So when you say goodbye to your partner, do you look at them in the eyes and give them a, like a really big full body hug and, and tell them that you love them? Um, maybe you make a habit of doing that every time you say goodbye, every time you leave. Um, Think about, I always like to think about like a dog's reaction when their owner comes home and how oh excited God, yeah. they are. And I don't know if I could talk that, <laughs> um, but like, I, I like to think about like, do you like, can you greet your partner? Like with as much excitement and joy as a dog would, and how much more is your partner going to look forward to seeing you every time, you know, after time apart, if you greet one another in that way. And, um, you teach, you teach them, like you'll rub off on them because they'll start getting excited mm -hmm. too. And, um, and so it's just these little moments. It's the little things that you can do. Another, another ritual of connection that you can create is just checking in before bed. Even if you're doing a long distance relationship, check in before bed, um, see, ask them about their day, ask what their favorite part of their day was. Um, if there's been something that has been stressing them out lately about work or something else, ask them about it and just make an effort to listen, to just take a few minutes at the end of the day to really listen to them and show them that you care and, um, and so you can do that whether you're physically together or in a long distance relationship or just starting to date. But I think like the main point I'm trying to make is just creating habits and routines of connection throughout the day in your relationship. It takes a little bit of extra effort at first, but it's a great thing that you can do at the beginning of a relationship to build a solid foundation moving forward. And it's a great thing you can start doing if you've been in a relationship for a while. Um, and eventually it becomes habit, a habit. You don't even have to think about it, but you'll be connecting more and more throughout your days. And it's those little moments that really do add up over time and make a huge difference. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I love that you talk about those little moments, like those micro moments and how they are really what build a relationship, right? Like I think so often we're in this world of like, you know, you see the beautiful moment on Instagram, but the reality is it's like, how are you cooking dinner together? How, like you mentioned, how are you greeting the person? So I feel like that, that gets lost sometimes in the way we, we present our relationships anyway. Right. Um, And I also, and I'd love to dive a little more into this. I love how you also said like what you could do and it will, it will then likely rub off on your partner. Right. So like, I think often we think, what do I need from them? But you talk a lot about, you know, what am I giving? And then I'll probably receive that back. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how really we can focus on, comes down to, I'd imagine we can focus on our own behavior. We can't dictate how that other person behaves. Right. I think um, the idea is that you, you be the partner that you want to date, like be the partner that you want to have in a relationship. And if you are focusing on being that person, um, you teach others how to treat you, you teach others, um, you're, you're going to have a certain standard. If you are being the type of partner that you want to have in a relationship, you, you are setting certain standards and expectations in the relationship for how they will treat you. And Um, you're also showing them how you want to be treated. And uh, the idea of positive reinforcement, you hear that a lot with kids in parenting, but it works in relationships too. It's it's totally relevant in relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, When your partner does something that you want to see more of, um, acknowledge it, give them, show them appreciation for what they're doing and um, give them a compliment or whatever it is that you can do to positively reinforce that behavior. Let them know how much you appreciate it. And they are so much more likely to do more of that. So, um, you definitely will highly influence your partner. And so if you want something to change, work on making that change yourself and showing up in that way. And then again, it's also okay to just be direct and ask for it. Like, I would love for, to, to get a hug from you every time you come home, um, before you go and check the news or whatever else you typically do. Like, can we just take a moment to connect every time you come home and not being afraid to just verbally ask for what you want. A lot of times we wish our partners could just read our minds and would know what we want. Um, and so we can demonstrate what we want, um, by being that example and, and by living it, but we can also communicate it through our words and ask directly for what we want. And, um, sometimes we just have to be really specific. Uh, I think sometimes we think that we've communicated what we want, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really land. 
um, with our partners. And sometimes it's just that they need us to be a lot more specific. So they know exactly how we're wanting to receive whatever it is that we're wanting to receive. Um, and that sets them up for success because uh, you're telling them exactly what you want. And then of course your partner is going to want to make you happy and to meet your needs and to help you feel loved. And so um, think about how can you best set them up for success in giving you what you want. And one of the best ways to do that is just to be direct about it and to be specific, very, very specific about what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Yeah, not in, not um. sometimes I, I do this myself a lot. Like I think I'm being specific through my words, but like they're not the way they're received in terms of like, and that could be not even in romantic relationships, just even in work, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes we think we're maybe communicating in a clear way, but we're not, we're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like an example would be, hey, can you help clean, like keep the house clean? Great. They may think that that means them picking up their shoes and their clothes, but you are really meaning, will you help with the dishes? Will you help sweep the floor? Right. Um, wipe down the bathroom sink. And then they're thinking that they're helping to keep the house clean because they've picked up their clothes and right. they're not doing anything. And there's just a total miscommunication there. And so being more specific, you know, trash days on Thursdays, can we, you know, are you, can you start taking the trash out on Wednesdays or can you help with the dishes um, after dinner or whatever it is, just being more specific sets both of you up for success. That way you're not feeling resentful or feeling like they're not, you've asked for it, but they're not actually helping to meet those needs that you have. Um, and they then know exactly what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love support. that. I think that's a, a very valid point. And I know what, you know, we kind of started this part of the, the chat off anyway, about building good habits in a new relationship. But what if you have some of those, you know, what if you're 10 years in 20 years in, you have some of those bad habits, how do you, or habits, good or bad, how do you kind of reverse that? Is that, is that by just doing what you've said too, like being specific and, or is there, is there a different psychology behind, you know, if you've been in that relationship for 10 plus years now? Yeah, I think, you know, if you've built a lot, um, if you've kind of accumulated some bad habits <laughs> throughout a relationship, mm-hmm. um, something that I encourage couples to do is to um, have an, an initial meeting about the things that you want to change. And this can be great to do in therapy or with the support of a couple's therapist or a coach to help facilitate this process. Um, but to have just that candid and frank and open conversation about what's not working, what do we want to change and then creating a plan for how that can happen. And, um, and so I encourage that couples initially to do weekly check-in meetings, um, or eventually, you know, sometimes it can become bi-weekly or monthly, but, um, that check-in meeting creates the space for you to talk about what's going on, to listen to each other. Um, and it helps you to catch problems early on, which means less tension and conflict overall, but it helps. It also helps if you've been in a relationship for a long time, um, it gives you a space to talk about those hard things that you may not want to bring up throughout the week because you're worried it will create conflict. It gives you time to mentally prepare to have those conversations because you know, it's happening on a certain day of the week at a certain time. Um, and it, and it's, it, you know, helps you to catch those small issues and areas of improvement before they snowball into bigger problems. But if it is a bigger problem, you know, if there are bigger problems right now in the relationship, um, the relationship check-in means a great time and place to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I have kind of like a formula for relationship check-in meetings and, you know, always starting with, with appreciation, expressing appreciation for 
your partner, including things that you notice them do that week that you're really grateful for complimenting them um, for the good that is there and the, the positive changes that they've made that week. And then acknowledging what's going well, the progress that you're making it, it's, it can be really tempting, especially when you've been in a relationship for a long time to just start to notice the things aren't, that aren't going right. Um, but discussing your strengths and things that are going well in the relationship really helps to start the meeting on a positive note and helps you to start to look for and notice the good, which is really important. And then, and then you can talk about those habits, those things that you're wanting to change, work on compromise. You can plan for the upcoming week. You can check in on some of your long-term visions and goals, discuss those issues and challenges that all couples have in relationships um, and working through those disagreements to find some sort of compromise. And that's where you really work on those communication skills, the conflict management, the repair skills um, that are important to learn. And Rumble has a lot of courses on that. Um, so I'm sure. Are, you know, seeing a therapist <laughs> to help learn those if you're struggling with that communication. Sometimes when we start having relationship meetings, it's like all of those communication issues that, um, are easy to kind of uh, turn a blind eye to on your day-to-day -day interactions, you really start to see, oh, are we actually like, do we struggle to compromise? Do we struggle to not criticize each other? Do we struggle to communicate about some of these hard topics? Um, and it's a great place to start practicing and implementing new communication skills. And then I always encourage people to end um, those meetings on a fun note, doing something fun together to connect, whether it's turning on some music and dancing together to a favorite song or giving each other a short shoulder, shoulder massage or playing a card game or going outside and passing a frisbee for a few minutes, but just ending that meeting on a positive note. Um, so that's it. If it's no, been, been, you know, habits that are building up over time that are not um, serving you in the relationship it really takes a lot of effort to change them. And so that's why, that's why I encourage those like weekly check-in meetings initially, because um, sometimes we can talk about making changes, but then if we don't check in on changing those habits over time, we can forget about it and fall back into those old patterns. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that, that makes sense. And I love, I love the idea. I've heard it's a different, it was for a different scenario, but I've heard for something like grief too, just giving yourself a time in the day to, to deal with your grief versus having it throughout your day kind of lets you know that, okay, we'll have this time to process this. It'll be later today, you know, at whatever time that's set, but it doesn't have to take up my whole day and my, my brain power the whole day. And I'd imagine that's kind of the same thought process anyway, with something like the weekly check-in, right? Like yeah. it won't, the conflict doesn't have to disrupt the whole week it could be managed in this whatever time period kind of segment there. So I love that. Okay. Now, that's a tool that we call, that's a tool that we call compartmentalization. And oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the idea when you're experiencing grief, if you give yourself a time during the day where you get to sit with those feelings and process it, then if it comes up during other parts of the day, when you're needing to work or be productive and it's not the time for that, you know that you can kind of mentally place that into a box or into a container in a room where you're going to go and address it um, when you have the time and space to do that. And it's the same in relationships. If there are issues that are occurring, um, knowing that there's a time and space for the two of you to address them um, mm -hmm. helps you to not perhaps be so critical throughout the week or um, bring it up or nag or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but right. just bring it up right. throughout the week in times where it, it really isn't productive to have those conversations um, or isn't helpful. Maybe you don't have the time or space. So you're not prepared for those conversations. So 
um, mm. creating a space for that can be really helpful. Is that something that you recommend to you? So let's, let's talk a little bit about conflict, I guess. So when you are, something's really annoying you and you're about to have a fight, like what are, is that when you would also compartmentalize it? Like what, can you bring us through kind of a, a logical flow of how to deal with when conflict does come up? come about. Yeah. And I think there are times when something may need to be addressed in that moment. And then there Mm -hmm. are times when, um, perhaps you create it now is not the time to bring something up. Maybe you're getting ready to go somewhere or, um, they're really tired from a long day and you know, it's not going to be a good conversation (laughs) if one Mm -hmm. person is really exhausted. Um, you can plan a time like, Hey, I, I want to talk about this can we plan to talk about it tomorrow night? Or um, if you already have that weekly meeting, you can wait to bring up in that meeting. Um, But if it is something that you want to bring up right now in that moment, one quick tip that I can give for just starting those conversations um, in a good way, because the way that we start a conversation, the first minute of a conversation really predicts the direction that that conversation is going to go and and how successful that conversation will be. And so um, we, in, in the Gottman Institute and some of the trainings, couples trainings I've done, they've taught a skill that is called the gentle startup. And so the idea is that you start a conversation in a gentle, more gentle way rather than starting with criticism. You can do that by using I statements to talk about your feelings and expressing a positive wish or need rather than stating like you, I don't like it when you do that, or you didn't do the dishes that really annoys me. Um, But when you use I statements, you talk about how you feel. I feel upset about whatever it is and then sharing your need and then also expressing that appreciation or giving a compliment to reinforce the behavior that you desire to see more of and so there are um, certain ways that you can start a conversation in a more gentle way if there is something that you need to bring up in that moment and you'll have much uh, greater results and less likelihood of defensiveness if you're not starting a conversation about something that's bothering you or a conflict or whatever in a, in a very harsh way and then making efforts to stay connected um, throughout the conversation remembering that it's not me versus you that you're on a team together to support one another and work through whatever the issue is um, on the same side on the same team and remembering that can help to kind of shift the way that you communicate and that the way that you approach whatever the situation is that there's conflict about. I love that. Yeah, I really enjoy that. So is there, is there anything that we've, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other kind of (laughs) things that we've missed, but when it comes to like that, that building that lasting relationship, you know, you mentioned the Gottman Institute and that predictor of divorce. Is there, is there anything else that you've come across in research that kind of, you know, is a predictor of whether a relationship does have or can have the longevity? Mm. So we talked about the bids for connection, like turning towards those bids for connection mm-hmm. in those small moments um, and building those, those, those healthy habits um, within a relationship of connecting, turning towards each other. Those are really foundational. Of course, the way that you communicate, I, a, a big predictor of that a relationship will not be successful um, is the presence of what the Gottman Institute calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And that's criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And those are four signs that a relationship will um, 
not be successful, that, that a couple will, will separate. And not that separating means that a relationship wasn't successful because that, there can be a lot of yeah. growth yeah. Um, in a relationship. And sometimes that success means recognizing that a relationship has run its course and that there's more growth to be experienced um, apart. But um, watching out for those four, the four horsemen of the ap- apocalypse. And then um, I also always recommend a weekly date night. Um, I think that it's a way date day nights are a way to stay connected over time. Um, and if you can't manage weekly, then bi-weekly or at least monthly, but pick a particular day or week, um, like a day of the night or a particular time every week, and then just stick to it. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can do at home date nights. You can, even if you're in a long distance relationship, um, you can do date nights, but creating those shared experiences together is really important and a fun way to stay close and, um, to continue to bond and keep that connection strong. So those weekly date nights, um, continuing to stay curious about your partner. Friendship is really the foundation for successful relationships and communication is that glue that holds a relationship together. So staying curious about your partner's any inner world, not having a mind reader mentality and assuming that you know everything about your partner, what they want. Um, and um, the relationship conversations are rumble are a great fun place to start. I was just going to ask you, yeah, like where, where's a good place on, on rumble to start with this and the conversation starters. Yeah. So we have a converse, a relationship conversation section of the app under our practices. And we have a bunch of different categories of questions like sex and intimacy. We have communication, we have past experiences in childhood. We have uh, household and financial responsibilities um, so if you're, and, and so we have a lot of our conversation questions right now are geared towards couples, but we're going to work on building out specific conversation questions for friends, for family members. Love for that. Um, I, I do it with my uh, co-founder and CTO, Ron. We, we do a relationship conversation question every time we have a one-on-one meeting. It's so much fun to learn more about each other. And so um, I know a lot of partners will do it uh, before bed every night. They'll do a relationship conversation question or when they're driving the car on road trips. It's just a way to I love that. start yeah. new conversations and learn new things about each other. Even if you've been in a relationship for 10 or 20 years, there's always something new to learn. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. And where can, thank you so much for kind of taking us through this. I know I feel very informed after having this conversation <laughs> and can imagine um, some of your clients probably are really grateful to you and the work that you do. So can you tell, share just where we can find you, um, whether it's on social or on the web? Yes. Yeah, so you can find me. My Instagram is the.love.therapist. My website is jordanandre.com. You can find Rumble at rumble.com, R-E-M-B-L-E.com. You can download the app in the Apple App Store under Rumble Relationship Health. And we have the Android app that will be released at the end of this year. I just got an email this morning that we have like the first prototype of the Android app is um, ready for me to see by the end of the week. So I'm so excited about that. And um. Yeah, we have a free version of the app. So a lot of our content, we have a lot of free content on the app, our daily rumble TikTok style videos created by therapists. We have a new video that we release every day and we have articles that are free on the app. So even if you don't want to pay for a monthly or yearly subscription, which is less than a typical therapy session, you can still download the app and access a lot of our free content and get a lot of value, free value from what 
all of these different therapists are providing on Rumble. I love that. So instead of kind of, you know, searching through the explore tab on Instagram for all that great relationship content, you can kind of just go to Rumble and get it, get it all in one spot, which yeah, is awesome. Exactly. Very and cool. you know, Instagram's amazing because there are so many new things that you can discover and learn, but I found as a therapist that it was really hard to distill these tools and this information into these little kind of tiny boxes mm -hmm. and these short little captions. And so um, that's why I wanted to give therapists a space to create more in-depth content for people. And that's why we have these one to 21 day courses on Rumble that really go into more depth on um, some of these different topics and, and help people get to the root of what they're struggling with and how to actually make these lasting changes in their lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I know there's lots of things that I come across that like, I feel like is a great nugget of information, but to your point, how do you dive deeper into that learning? Right. So mm -hmm. very cool. Congratulations on it and excited to, to follow your journey and, and see what comes up next for you. I feel like you have like a book in your future. <laughs> oh my gosh. So many people have told me that. And I've had publishing companies reach out to me about writing a book. I think, I think I do at some point. Um, I don't know yeah. what it is yet. And so I know I'm it, now is not the time. It's not the time yet, but I can feel it coming at some point. I know all I kept thinking about as we're talking is like, God, I'd love to read a full book by her. <laughs> <laughs> You're so awesome. Well, one day, one day, and I'll send it to you when it when Yeah, it's we'll have you back on when that happens. Jordan, thank you so much for being here with us today. Really appreciate you taking the time. And yeah, excited to to see what comes next. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.